Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, you are watching us, if you're watching us live, we are on Facebook, we're on YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. Still, I think the only rugby podcast broadcasting on Twitch, so we are um, <laughs> broadcasting to a crowd of baffled Americans, I think, who randomly throw questions at us about, yo, who's the fastest? And stuff like that. So, if you're watching random Americans on Twitch, feel free to throw us a question. It's always it's always good fun. Um, joining me this evening, uh, we have Ian Hay. Good evening. Hello. How are we? We have. We are very well, Ian. I'm, you 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 bearing up? Okay. Uh, yes, may have good. overindulged myself a little bit last night watching the other sporting event. Um, <laughs> uh, also joining. So, well, indeed they did. Yeah, I had to watch it twice because it was too late for the eldest to to watch it last night so i had to put it on this morning for her as well so that was a reel of it twice when they just forget about it i'm also joining us we've got john anderson good evening john good evening cam i'm in much better spirits than the bold ian here i am i'm definitely the better half of the duo tonight good good i'm glad you're here and joining us from uh from his hotel room we've got craig manson good evening craig good evening from sunny bradford Right, what you Craig, you could have come and done this in my garden. I'm along the road. <laughs> well, well, next time you're in Bradford, we'll, we'll sort out a live, a live, a live podcast from my garden, socially distanced. <laughs> Get myself a second microphone. Um, should we come down for that, Cam? Well, we need to do it at some point. We've done our live club dinner, haven't we? And we, we did, we did have some plans and we'd made initial inquiries last autumn about doing a live podcast somewhere in Edinburgh around it, you know, around the Six Nations or Autumn test. And we'd, we'd had some positive feedback, but then the pandemic happened. So at some point we will do a live podcast in person in a bar. If you have a bar and you want to host us and you, you need to have a PA system, we can set it up roughly. We kind of know what we're doing, but just basically have a bar. We'll talk through, we'll talk in between the halftime of the rugby and provide some entertainment, get in touch. Encourage More everyone to, to buy all the beers. Yes, we'll do it for free beer. That, oh, know, yes. That's cheap. I was going to say it'd be cheap, but probably, <laughs> probably cheaper to pay us, to be honest. Based on the Ian's antics. Mm. <laughs> I'll just end up, I'll, I'll end up, side, I'll end up upside down behind the telly somewhere. <laughs> and a fine night will be had by all. What better, reason, what, better, that's why. what better reason to invite us along than Craig ending upside down upside a telly? It's brilliant. No, we're not going to cause any damage to the telly. Oh, no, 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 no damage, just upside down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you, if, you, if you own a bar in Edinburgh um, and you are suitably insured, then get in touch. Let us know and we'll happily come and do a live podcast from, from there. Um, speaking of live shows, we are, we're only two days away now from our, our big club dinner two. Dodmaster, which is, um, if, if you've been under a rock or not listening to this podcast for a while, we're doing our own British and Irish Lions-themed version of TV's Taskmaster. So we've got Johnny McGinty, um, Craig's very familiar with Johnny uh, from Howard Fife, representing Not that familiar now, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not familiar in that way. Extremely <laughs> familiar with Johnny. <laughs> not necessarily in a positive way um, so we've got Johnny McGinty representing Scotland we have Steph Prosser from the Rock and Roll podcast representing Wales who got, got a shout out from Carol bloody Vorderman 
Carol Vorderman. We'll come on to Steph Santics in a minute. What? We've got, <laughs> got Lee Calvert from the Blood and Mud Rugby Podcast representing England, or at least correct part of England, which is anywhere north of Bradford um, yeah, and uh, and Birmingham. Um, we've got Sam Lana, whose granddad went to Ireland, representing Ireland. <laughs> And we have Robbie Owen from Squidge Rugby representing the Springboks because Razzy Erasmus says he knows what he's talking about and he's very funny, according to Razzy. So we've, we've asked Squidge to represent the Springboks. Um, now, we are raising money for My Name's Doddy through this. And one of the tasks that the contestants were set is to raise the most money. And the other task is going to be seek, remain a secret until the night. We'll keep a little bit of a surprise. But the, the, the fundraising task so far has been utterly amazing. We broke the £2,000 barrier today. We, we're over that. Um, Johnny at the minute is streaking ahead. I kind of feel slightly responsible because every time I retweet the fundraising, I'm very aware I'm retweeting from the Scottish Rugby blog account. So <laughs> given he's representing Scotland, he's got an unfair advantage there. So he's streaking ahead at the minute with the fundraising. So to counter that, Steph from the Rock and Roll podcast has been trying all sorts of different shenanigans. He's He's been spamming Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I think in the hope of some sort of multi-million pound Hollywood last minute intervention. Um, and today he managed to, as John said, managed to get a tw- not just a retweet, but a, a, a personal tweet from Carol Vorderman asking people for donations, which resulted in donations of £40. Wow. <laughs> and I loved one of the comments on Carol Vorderman's one was... I love that you've done this, but Johnny is representing Scotland. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to retweet him too? <laughs> so that's we we're up to two thousand one hundred and fourteen pounds. So at the minute, Johnny's Johnny's in the lead. It says if you go on the page, if you go on to um, justgiving.com slash teams slash Dodmaster contestants, they're all there. Um, I'll put the link on the on on the um, on the podcast um, on on your apps, and we'll put it on the the blog page tomorrow as well. So Johnny is in the lead. It says he's got six hundred. He's actually got seven hundred because I've had to reallocate some funds. Somebody asked me to reallocate a donation to him that come in the general funds. So Johnny's on seven hundred pounds. Steph at the minute is on three hundred and eighty pounds. Again, somebody reallocated fifty pounds to him. We actually Steph raised more money getting someone to sell super furry animal white labels in return for a donation than he did from the Carol Vorderman tweet. <laughs> oh, Carol's career has absolutely died, hasn't yeah. it? <laughs> Thanks for the support, though, Carol. Um, Carol. If you're watching. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hang on. I've got a super furry animals pun. The Vorderman don't give a... F- oh, very oh. good. Bravo. He's here well all done. day, folks. Tip your waiter. We've got Robbie, Robbie, who, Robbie Owen, who, who started his fundraising... Um, Quite late on, is shot into. He's currently in third on three hundred twenty-seven pounds and seventy-one pence. Then Lee's on two hundred eighty-eight, and Sam. It says thirty pounds, but again, someone's asked me to reallocate a donation to him, so he's got one hundred thirty for Ireland. So if if you've got any Irish listeners, you've got a lot of hard work to do between now and Friday to get that up. I'm I'm really sorry in advance to Sam because obviously. This podcast has basically for the last two years been me absolutely slamming the Irish and giving them dogs abuse. And like I do it in the nicest possible way. Give them money. It's not my fault. Like it's not my fault I hate your clubs. It's not his fault I hate your clubs. Give him money. It's fine. 
Yeah. So we've got that going along the banner at the bottom. I'm going to leave that up if you're watching live. So it's justgiving.com slash team slash Dodmaster contestants, and you can donate to that. We're going to, the donations will be open till the end of August because um, the event's going to be live streamed and then it'll be available for people to watch back for about a month. So we people um, be giving donations hopefully up until the end of August if they watch it back. We're going to complete the task on the evening. So it'll be the last task of the evening. So all through the evening, a bit like Children in Need Comic Relief, we're asking you to keep donating to the contestants. So if you're watching live and you want to get involved in a bit of excitement, donate during the show because then we'll, we'll see the amounts go up and down. What about the the judges? Are we allowed to donate during the show? Um Yes, I have no objection to judges donating because it's all I can't really we can't really object to it. I'm the, I'm the little Alex Horn character, and so I'm kind of I'm I'm not a judge. I'm an arbiter, I suppose. I'm a I'm there I'm like a clerk, I suppose. I'm the committee clerk. I'm there to kind of make sure that fair play happens and that pro- proper processes are followed. Well, I would like each of the contestants to approach me directly for my donation. Uh, woo me. Well, if you listen, to, uh, Rock and Roll did a little preview podcast last night, and they had Johnny on, and they're uh, talking to Steph, and they've, they're forming quite a nice little rivalry between the two of them. Nice, um, which is which hopefully will spill over into the night in some form of <laughs> violence. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, we're really looking forward to that. So, we've got yeah, we've got the contestants for our Dodd Masters. It's not like Taskmaster where you have one Taskmaster. We've got three, so we're going to have we've got Josh from the Blood and Mud podcast. We've got Bruce Aitchison. Uh, from Happiness is Egg Shaped. And we've also got John, our own John Anderson. John hey. is going to be your your vessel on the evening. So if you make comments during the night, John can be influenced. He's the Dodmas that will be influenced, the, the, giving voice to the viewers. I have no morals whatsoever. Influence me, guys. Give me everything you've got. I will make sure it gets aired. Yeah. Speaking of influencers, this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. That is a nice reseg, wasn't it? Um, nice. So um, if you go to manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby or you go to manscaped.com and use the code SRP, you can get 20% off plus free shipping on a range of male grooming products. Um, we talk about this every week. I mean, I will, will say Manscaped do support male testicular uh, ch- awareness charities. They do. So, um, you know, maybe you are, you know, you, you're trimming and you and you enjoy trimming and you want to get maybe you want to get a new trimmer through Manscape. It's a good opportunity to go down and have a little check. Regular checking is, you know, we don't talk a lot about our health, our own health as men a lot. We're not known for doing that, but Manscaped would encourage you to have a little, have a little fumble in the shower, you know, and just just check everything's okay down there. And if you're unsure, go and go and uh, go and ask for someone to have to double check it. I can confirm, having checked with their nose trimmer to this week. You didn't is, check it now. Can I be stressed? When you say check with your nose trimmer, you're not using that to check for any abnormalities <laughs> downstairs, are you, John? Because I'm not. I mean, it looks like a wand, doesn't it? It looks like it should be the sort of Careful. thing. Like, in, 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 in the Marvel movies, they would have checked with that, wouldn't they? But uh, no. So do we, are we shot their nose trimmer this are week? We Doctor Strange running around waving a nose hair trimmer around. <laughs> I mean, is it any less believable? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you can go, like I said, go manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby or manscaped.com and use the code SRP at the checkout. You get 20% off plus free shipping on a range of male grooming products. Um, 
if you want to, you can listen to this podcast on various different podcast apps. So you can't just watch live. You can also listen back afterwards. If you don't like the adverts uh, or you don't like the fact that we rabbit on for a long time, you can go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast. And for £3 a month, you can get ad-free versions of the podcast. And you can also get something we put out that is called a mini pod, where what we do is we just cut straight from, hello, this is Cammy Black to, and this is the news. And then we cut our hands in the rock as well. So you get about 40 minutes to an hour instead of an hour and a half. So some people like that and asked for it. Um, so we we decided to put that out as well. If you pay £5 a month, you'll get your name read out on the podcast and our internal thank you as well. Um, that just had, we, we, we started the Patreon because we, people were enjoying the live streaming. Um, so we decided to do that because just to cover our costs. Um, and it's quite fun because we put out extra episodes as well. Like last week we did Scotland's Hardest Players of the 2000s in which Ian told us of his recipe for um, Monster Munch smoothies. Monster Munch so, smoothies, yes. I, so we didn't we didn't determine whether it was... Is it pickled onion Monster Munch smoothies? Yes, yes. I'm sorry, I, I should have mentioned that. I also put Magnificent. Magnificent. I, just assumed, I just assumed it was pickled onion ones. Oh no! I mean that's that that's the obvious default. But I just wanted to make sure there wasn't another recipe. Oh, don't worry, I'll work out flaming hot. I've got plenty <laughs> exactly. of hot sauces. Exactly, exactly. Can you imagine? As I said, as I said on that podcast, you know, you 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 were too busy worrying about whether or not you could. You didn't stop to think whether or not you should, Ian. Absolutely ruined my blender with knickknacks. <laughs> Absolutely Hot ruined knickknacks, right? <laughs> and if you've what. ever ruined, if you have ever ruined your knickknacks with a blender, then maybe you want to go to manscape.com and try something a bit more gentle. Bravo! I think <laughs> if you slap some roysters in a blender and then mix it with a wee flake. You could be onto something really out there. A fleek. I, like, I, like, I, I think you're never, never, never going to let that lie that I chose a fleek on the other on the other night. He's oh. <laughs> never going to let it lie, is he? But then I, I've got something that I'm not going to get let lie. But I'm sure we're going to get to we'll that. Get to that. Don't worry, Craig. We will get to that. I would I'm just so say. I'm glad your life is complete, Craig. <laughs> if I will just say, if you're mixing roysters, if you're mixing roysters and a flake in a blender, the result is only going to end up hunting you down in the Arctic. <laughs> There's a wee that, literary reference. There's a wee literary reference there for you. Is um, that right, Ian? <laughs> I don't um, know. I'm not going to get Alan McDonald. So you can you can you can jump in the comments if you're watching live. I'm not going to start getting into a spiral debate with Alan McDonald in the comments. We'll, we'll, no, we'll jump straight into the wrong, news. We're going. He's we're wrong. going We've been 18 minutes on now, and we've, you know, we're, I'm not getting into spirals at this stage of the podcast. <laughs> um, so we'll go straight to the news. Um, there's been quite a bit of news recently. I mean, the, the shall we just get, should we confront the elephant in the room first, Craig, as Craig has alluded to now? Oh well, should we? <sighs> let's have a let's just let's just have a look at this then. So if we if if we cast our minds back to last week, John. Um, <laughs> Let's just have a little listen to this. Yeah, let's go on then. Yeah. Just to be very, just to be very clear with regards to the Rainbow Cup, right? Benetton's Rainbow Cup results. Yes, they pumped Glasgow. Let's let's ignore that for a second. I never mentioned that. I never talked to you that once. And that's and that's to your credit, Craig. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is this is the right. So 
anyone questioning the conference system that is now in place, here you are, right? They beat Zebra by five points. They then beat Zebra by seven points. And they beat Connacht. Right, so you're beating the weak, weakest Irish province and you're beating your rival, who are utterly mince, twice. They are not Rainbow Cup champions. That is... <laughs> not Rainbow Cup champions, John. What happened at the weekend, John? Uh, well, I'm delighted to say that Benetton uh, accepted my... <laughs> Come on! Benetton are the Rainbow Cup champions. <laughs> they, they obviously seen me wearing my Italy top and said, you know what, that baldy guy there, he is our inspiration. They, they pinned me up in their dressing room, I'm certain of it. On the dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like pr- probably. It, probably. Jim sat around the Italians giving it the full Jim Telfer Everest yeah. speech. Going, <laughs> you seen what they've written in the newspaper? I've John Anderson from the Scottish Rugby Podcast. <laughs> Do you know what? I mean, nobody speaks about them, so probably they did. <laughs> we I prob- honestly, I honestly was sitting watching the game, and I was sitting there watching it and thinking, oh, oh, oh. And it just and slowly but surely started to smile, and then I got that Jimmy Clarkson smug face on me. Um, <laughs> it seemed to. <laughs> I I tuned in um, about halfway through the first half, and I saw to the end of the first half when they got that try, the penalty try, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to happen, oh guys." And then I was kind of like, "Right, well, the Bulls have the real." And then I was like, "The Bulls are like the rubbish." South African franchise. How did they win? I started questioning everything about my life. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Monster Munch in the uh, in a in a blender sounds good. That's what you're questioning. Exactly. Well, I mean, the blender came out. Um, I, was, I was debating what to do at that point. Um, is there, is, so what you're saying is Benetton's Rainbow Cup win is your red pill blue pill moment, John? Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this the real life or is this just fantasy? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, good on Benetton, right? Fair play to them. They they actually played all right the other day, as much as the South Africans were utterly honking. Um, but it doesn't change. I, I still stand on this hill that I'm going to die on. The Benetton are rubbish. <laughs> I, I'm still going to stand on this hill. They are, they are, and like you guys can argue all you want. They won a made-up cup that was designed. Yeah, so uh, Alan McDonald, Alan says, Alan McDonald says, please can we ask John to say we're never going to win the Six Nations a Grand Slam or a World Cup, please. I mean, legitimately, Scotland probably will never win a Six Nations a Grand Slam or a World Cup. So I think that's fair enough. I will accept that, Alan. <laughs> So there we oh, go. You heard it there, then. There you go. No, no I. They were abs- I, I'm. I'm actually being an Edinburgh fan. I'm going to. I'm a little bit uh, concerned about the next group stage of the uh, of the new ultimate fighting. Slamming I'll, 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 do, I'll do a solid here as well. Edinburgh will never win a meaningful trophy out with the 1872. That's that's Ooh. a slippery thing to say though, because you can just shift the meaning. What a meaningful trophy is, John, exactly, <laughs> according yeah. to your whims. 
<laughs> I would. It may, I, be, it, it, may, it may be the 1872 Cup, but it's not a Rainbow Cup, is it, Craig? I would. I would define a meaningful trophy as being <laughs> the pro whatever we're on now, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, or uh, any of the European trophy. I'll. I'll give you even the kid on the Diddy Cup. I'll give you the Diddy Cup because obviously you are in that, and we're no. But you know, I'll give you that. Okay, Here we'll we come go. back. I'll, I'll I'll bookmark this, Craig. We'll come yeah, back to it. Um, so, um, speaking of the uh, of the ERC or the URC or the Ultimate Rugby Championship or the United Rugby Championship, as I think it actually is, um, the news this week is that, to no surprise whatsoever, the uh, the um, free sports or what the Premier Sports have got the rights to all the games, all the Scottish games. And they're broadcasting apart from two, but we haven't found out who, which two they haven't got. But I'm suspecting that BBC are going to broadcast two legs of the 1872 over Christmas, is my guess. It's, it's not even, yeah. we've worked out that actually, like, they actually have the rights to all the games. It's just that they've said it based on Glasgow and Edinburgh playing each other. And they've went, oh, yeah, so that's actually one fixture as opposed Have to Have they, two. or is it not that they're saying exclusive? I think the the word, the way I read it was we've got exclusive rights to every, to 54 out of the 56 games involving, or whatever it is, 36 or what games. 34 out of 36. Yeah. 34 out of 36 games. So I'm assuming there are two games that are going to be simultaneously broadcast then. Yeah. That's how I read it. Yeah, that's... Fair enough. So potentially we might have some coverage on the BBC. Nah. What channel's the game on? Christ. <laughs> ah, here, here we go. Sky, Sky Sports, mate. I mean, it's not... It, I suppose the, the, the good thing, I'm, I'm not going to... I know people have got their issues with Premier Sports, and, we, and Craig, we, we, you touched on this last week in terms of some of the pundits involved, but from a... F, looking at it in the kind of... From a, from a neutral point of view, putting aside... The, the punditry, the fact that you can watch every single game on Premier Sports is a is a bonus because there's not many, I suppose there's not many sports packages or sports broadcasters these days that that have more than one rugby competition and and with Premier you're getting the top fourteen now as well. Yeah, I've uh, my uh, my missus is fed up with uh, our uh, recording box full of uh, Pro Fourteen games that I haven't watched yet um, because that's just you, you you get so much on the weekend from them. So I yeah, I have my pluses and minuses with uh, Premier Sports, but uh, they you know for me if I'm not at an Edinburgh game, I can get I can watch um, I can watch any of them with Premier Sports and also with the. Um, uh, some of the more tasty games uh, in uh, in Ireland and in Wales, you know. Yeah, Ian, are you pleased it stayed on Premier Sports or secretly um, hoping it might come back to free air? I don't ever think realistically it was going to come back to free to air. Um, so, like, like with Craig, I've got some issues with Premier Sports. Um, I've only got the web player thing, but it really frustrates me that you can't rewind it and stuff like that. Um, mm. They've and also, if you pause it, it seems web, to crash. They're going to, they've said they've, they're putting a lot of investment into the web player. Good. Is that, is that why their pundits are so cheap? Oh! Uh, I wonder whether... There, there, was a, there was a certain amount... What was interesting... Chris Patterson, obviously, who are excellent, and Doogie Vipond. Yeah. Doogie's my absolute spirit animal. <laughs> Doogie, who's, uh, Doogie, who is reading up one of the tasks on Friday night. Mm. Woo! Tasks set are general. 
Yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, the I've not really got an, an op, I kind of, I suppose it's hard because you kind of, uh, John, because you know, we've got some skin in the game with this, but I generally don't have an issue with the Scottish pundits or the Scottish coverage. If anything, they tend to be a bit less biased than the others and that, you know, maybe that does or doesn't help. I don't know. I think they're overly unbiased, which um, I've, I've mentioned in the past, like they maybe don't stick up for Scottish rugby as much as they could. But then the argument is, do should they really? Like, I mean, a lot of rugby fans out there, even rugby fans of like, right, so anybody that's looking at Wales online and going, I, this is like the absolute gospel of rugby, is probably an idiot and probably doesn't need converting. Um, so, like, do we need to really be telling these people about rugby? Probably not. They're not going to listen anyway. So it's, it's wasted breath. Um, so I think the Scottish, I, I genuinely think the Scottish pundits do a really good job of, in particular, like, I think Chris Patterson in particular does a really good job of actually analysing the game as opposed to just like thinking of Andy Nicol and the Six Nations and just saying whatever comes to his mind, it's it's no really good. Chris Parsons a brilliant pundit and Rory Lawson as well is excellent. So I think I think we've got a good base to build on from there, but it's just a case of whether the Irish paymasters allow them to say what they're wanting to say. Yeah, and whether or not we get more parity of coverage for the away games, I'm guessing, Craig. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think, I think that maybe the one I was complaining about was a little bit um, because it was a dead rubber, and because we're kind of in the in, in the throes of uh, a, a third wave or whatever it is, um, they didn't really want to drag people down to Wales uh, in, uh, to 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 comment on the game. But I, I just, as I say, um, it just. I would just like them to be a little bit more balanced and spend a bit more time talking about talking about and actually knowing the players' names and what they actually do on the park, you know? It I struck think- me a little bit like I wondered whether or not they were... And it's hard because of the pandemic and I don't know if you can't really kind of know what effect the pandemic might or might not have had, but whether or not Premier Sports were running out of money a little bit. Because hmm. Sunset and Vine pulled out, didn't they, towards they did, like, half yeah, of the yeah, contract? Yeah. And it, it, it definitely felt like you know what was the product that was launched initially felt very good, felt very coherent. I don't think I think you tended to have different pundits at away games, and it felt a bit more balanced. But it wasn't without. I mean, it wasn't without its technical problems, but it felt like a decent product. But towards the end, it felt more like kind of watching something like Kabaddi on Channel Four at three in the morning, as opposed to you know watching a prime time fixture on at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. They seem yeah. to be calling it in a lot more after the, the Sunset and Vine issue. There's, there seem to be and people people looked at it and went, well, is that going to result in a, a decline in the standards? And it did. The you know there seemed to be less cameras, there seemed to be less um Less analysis, less commentary, um, and more. It seemed to be more Irish centric after that. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes because the Irish yeah. are obviously very upset about the the latest iteration of what we're doing. So let's see how it goes, eh? Yeah, and I think the RTE have got in. I think RTE have got the rights yeah. in Ireland 
so again, that'll be interesting. Get now they they won't be sharing broadcasters. Um, so the pre- Premier Sports were very much saying that they have the rights for the first time in Ireland. But I thought RT had it. RT may have rights, but I think Premier Sports have got also uh, like they are able rights. to. They, they, yeah, because they didn't have it before. Because as you know, a test if you're playing Leinster away. You, you had to uh, previously you had to find a, a VPN to ensure that you're in Republic of Ireland. Um, but now I think Premier Sports have the rights to it as well. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I thought Premier Sports and Air Sports were the same company. Just a they're name. not. They are not. They're it's not. just they should be. Which which one's Satanta? Premier Sports. <laughs> Um, the other strange news that came out today, speaking of Premier Sports, is every the Super Six is yes. going to be on free sports. Yeah, that's quite a coup, that, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, I'm going to put my cynical hat on. Right? Oh, here it goes. Here it comes. What, is it a baseball cap or a trilby or what kind of... I don't, ah, just yeah, picture a, cynical. you know... Na- name, name your hat, Cammy. You can't go saying I'm going to put my cynical hat Two on. Two seconds. Here. He's going to go get a hat. Yes. It's going to be a, a jauntily cocked hat. Oh, it is. Uh, I have got an actual hat on. Look. Oh, oh. it is. It has it, to be a jaunty angle, though. That's the Del Monte oh, jaunty angle hat. It's a yeah. this, is, this, is, this is great content for audio listeners. That's not going to stay on off my headphones. <laughs> Just to um, be clear, Cami looks like an absolute idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that off. That's not staying on. That's going to cause me all sorts of problems. Um, I'm, I don't know whether the, the previous arrangement that, that the SRU had was that they funded the BBC coverage of the Super Six. Yep. Um, and so it was hosted on the BBC. I think effectively they were paying the BBC to put out some games and do some coverage. I think the SRU were producing it as well for the BBC to do. So the wee laddie with his SRU, you know, gillet on, walking up and down the side of my side talking about the games and stuff. This, I, I struggle to understand why at this stage in the Super Six evolution, why someone like Premier Sports would come and pay money to to put it out there. Because, like we were saying last week, when we were talking about the Super Six, and I've got some, we have some kind of fact checking that we want to get right about some comments we've had since that. But if you think about the Super Six as a product, it's not saying, look, you're going to see. Re- Guys returning from injury. You're going to see the best players returning from injury. You're going to see up and coming Scottish players. We're just going. To, we're saying, well, you might do, but here's some semi-professional rugby in Scotland. And it just, I don't. Is am I being cynical, John? You. you yeah, I've, I've raised my eyebrows a few times. Yeah, no, I don't think you're being cynical. I think there is a there is an ulterior motive. Now, I think it's worth noting that free sports. If you go on to the STV player and go to their website, you get free sports, right? So free sports is wider than Premier Sports. However, I think there is something. The the SRU partnered with Premier Sports a few years ago for their um, summer tests. The SRU have clearly shown a willingness to sell the rights Rightly to the people that will give them the most money, 
So I think there's maybe a bit of a long gameplay here that says, you know what, we are going to give you, we're going to give you some semi-professional content at probably quite a reasonable price. We're probably also going to give you um, some test matches near near future for your Premier Sports coverage. And like we would quite like to be part of it. But bear in mind, right? I think. I think it's really important to emphasise this, and this might be some people's hands in the rock, but the SRU, for a long, long time, had a partnership with Viagogo. They are not adverse to partnering with the scum of the earth. Now, I'm not saying that Premier Sports are the scum of the earth. However, I am saying that, you know, they are pay TV, and if they're paying over the odds for semi-professional rot then, you know, they're clearly seeing something. There's going to be money in it for Premier at some point. Yeah. Craig, are we being, are we being harsh or, is, or, or should, we be, should we just be grateful, I suppose? We, you know, we've been asking for a while for, to have more, more Scottish rugby on the telly. We'd like to see more Scottish rugby on the telly. Are we, you know, should we just be pleased that there is more Scottish rugby on the telly? I'm just one of those people. I'm quite happy to sit back and go give me rugby on the telly. Um, and if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, if you're going outside and, you know, partnering up with the scum of the earth, uh, well, give me more rugby on the telly. Yeah. Um, so uh, just as uh, I'm just uh, whatever I can do to 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 get as more. Get, well, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to see some Scottish rugby on the telly, and we'll get to see some of these guys that are um, being paid paid some money to play some rugby, and we can actually have a look at it without having to travel. You know. The, the especially a lot of the other um, people within the UK within Scotland who ha- are at least an hour and a half away from a game, um, they'll get to watch the games um, on free sports. So I I think it's a positive move. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say before the podcast, I was thinking, oh, maybe we we, we talked last week about pitching a, a Scottish rugby magazine show to the BBC. Yep, and I was going to say maybe we should do the same at Premier Sports, but I think John, you single handedly have just destroyed all chances of that. Uh, I mean. <laughs> That that assumes that they listen, but uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I I, th- I think if they could sell me on it, that's important. And, like, and if they we... are listening, they'll note that me and Cammy and Craig have said nothing bad about. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And um, I'm I'm just hoping that Bill Gates isn't following me with my chip in my arm that they put in earlier. <laughs> so, uh... Ian, mate, if they are listening back, you know fine well they have went back through previous episodes and you have absolutely destroyed Premier, Premier Sports. He's taking us down with him, Ian. Don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true, mate. Yeah, All I mean, hail our Irish overlords. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. I, 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 kind of take, I, I would agree with Craig. Is, I feel slightly cynical about how it's come to it that we've got Super 6 on, on free sports. But like Craig says, I also think, well, at least we've got it out there, at least it's easy to watch. At least it's easy to find. And the other games, I think there could be highlights put out as well. So that's we'll be able to I, see I, it. I subscribe to Premier Sports. I am going to watch this. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I think the the other thing I just want to kind of correct a. It wasn't a problem on our end, but just kind of correct an impression we may have given. We had a comment last week um, saying that we were being, I think, reverse snobber snobs about. Uh, we the number of Glasgow teams in the Super Six. So how many Glasgow teams applied was the question. And it was two, if you include here as, as Glasgow teams. We had Glasgow Hawks and we also had um, 
there was also uh, air, uh, air yeah. as well. Yep. Um, there wasn't. There was an application from. Um, so you had. Here is Air Boromir, Curry Chieftains, Dundee, Ember Academicals, Gala, Glasgow Hawks, Her- Hoyk, Heriots, Melrose, Stirling County, and Watsonians. So I our point was that there was a, a, a reasonable spread of teams across the country, and yet the majority went to Edinburgh. Yes. That was our point. So it wasn't reverse snobbery. It was reverse snobbery based on facts. And I believe the point also centred on our implication that there was no poor people in in Edinburgh, uh, which... That was it's all not, relative, though. How do you how do you measure? You know how do you that was not poor? that was not the point we were making. We were suggesting that uh, there was an implication that Glasgow, the Keith Russell affair shone a light on the fact that poor Glasgow areas were being ignored for rugby players, and that was what we were pointing out. Yeah. Edinburgh is a totally different beast. Yeah. And to be honest, on my side of things, I was more saying, look. I think they've missed a trick. I, I, you know, to 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 open it out to a wider audience. It wasn't. I wasn't. You know, I'm an Edinburgh. I'm from Edinburgh. I'm an Edinburgh boy. But you know, okay, I may have gone north and over the over the over the bridges. I've found the bridges and actually paid the toll to go into Fife. But um, <laughs> you don't just drive around, Craig. Well, you know that that was suggested, but that would cost more fuel. That's a different story. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but I, I just felt that they missed a trick. They just, you know, you've got you've just as we always talk about getting more and more people watching rugby and are are interested in rugby, and they could have had other teams, and it could have been a little bit bigger. But anyway. I'm not going to get into that. Anymore. We're not going to go through those arguments again. We just want to yes. address that that we weren't that the the point wasn't that we were being reverse snobs about Ember. It was more based on, as Craig says, it was an opportunity to to open up to different markets for want of a better expression. And as John said, there were you know there were there were other teams that were in there and it ended up being Ember heavy. So that's where the, we the, that, the fact the facts remain that the Super Six ended up being three teams in Edinburgh. Yeah. Like that's the facts of it. It doesn't matter. Like what was considered, there was no Glasgow teams picked. Air is not a Glasgow team. It's an hour away from Glasgow. It's not a Glasgow team. Glasgow had won the Pro Fourteen. Edinburgh haven't. Um, oh, there was, there was an, there was an opportunity there to build on a growing legacy in Glasgow of rugby. People are starting to watch rugby in Glasgow, and there was an opportunity to build on that. And the SRU completely and utterly failed. And I will argue with anyone that comes at me with this: they completely failed in their 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 jurisdiction of Scottish rugby in that moment. It was a disgrace. There ah, but you've, they've given they've given you a Scottish rugby store, though, haven't they? They have, and they're doing a massive discount on it just now because nobody's going to it. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no rugby out. In there's Glasgow. no rugby fans in Glasgow because <laughs> they don't have a bloody rugby team to follow. <laughs> anyway, so um, the other bit of news is there's been fixtures announced. Craig, I'm excited because um, we we get to find out when Berwick and how a Fife play. <laughs> yeah, come on, we're going to get a chance to to. Yep, I send you back with your tails between your legs. No, I don't think after we finish top of the table, we should have denied promotion. 
<laughs> top of the table we were. Um, so yeah, so September and February, I think, are the, the Berwick and Howard. I don't care about the other fixtures. Berwick and Howard playing for the September <laughs> well, and February for and and import, Important news in the first fixture of the season, uh, Ross McDowell, friend of the pod, and fellow bandmate of me and Ian, has revealed that Shawlands and Bishopton will be competing in the first game of the season. Bishopton being my local haunt and Ian's kid on haunt and Shawlands being Ross McDowell's haunt. So well, it's, go. it's going to be a battle of wills. I was going to say we could maybe have a live a live podcast from Berwick as a kind of halfway house there, you know, just uh, <laughs> when, when the hour playing down at Berwick. I mean, I'm okay with that. Let's do that. I'll be the well, arbiter. so that's good i mean it all feels like it's coming back to normal a little bit so it's nice to see nice to see the fixtures coming out see photos and videos across the country people back in training and stuff so it's good we feel like we're getting there we're not just going to be people playing in front of empty stadiums speaking of largely empty stadiums let's talk about murrayfield at the weekend um sorry craig i just it's old habits of being on this podcast with they too. I just, I just sit and listen. I'm no longer just, you know, just wait. We've had record season tickets sold uh, for Edinburgh, so uh, I think we're uh, gonna we're gonna show a few people how how to fill out a, fill out what John would say a tent would look like. Yeah, that's a different story. I mean, there's filling out a tent and there's filling out a stadium, mate. <laughs> just, <you know. laughs> so let's let's move on and talk about the Lions, um, because of course it's time for this. It's the legally mandated lions chat. The legally mandated lions chat. We've heard so much about it that it makes us sick. But we've still got a chat about who Gatlin's gonna pay. And who has Warren Gatlin picked? He picked four Scottish players, but then Hamish Watson promptly got concussed, and now there's only three in the starting 15. Um, Ian. That lines, I mean, it's the first test in a dead rubber against Japan, so I don't think we can read too much into it, particularly when the Guardian were getting that Nickerson and not about the fact there's no English players in the starting 15, even though their season's just finished and they've only all just joined up with the squad. But it's it's hard to read anything into it, but at the same time, it's quite nice to see three Scottish players, although when it was four, it was announced, it was nice to see that in, in the starting lineup. Um, yeah, I suppose there might even have been a little bit of playing to the crowd, obviously. Um, how many people are going? Is it 12,000? 12, yep. 12. Yeah. Um, obviously, we get to see Doohan in a red shirt, so I think it'll be important he really puts a marker down because that left wing spot is, is open for grabs. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, the, the pack um, the pack is pretty much what I would pick, except Falatow at eight. And then Susan Wynn Jones is a bit of a coin toss. Um but no it's a, it's a it's a good opportunity for the Murrayfield crowd who get to go, um, to see some, some top quality players. Although there has been a few a few people complaining about uh getting their tickets or not getting their tickets and then finding out their tickets have been put up for sale again and what have you. Or Let's people get being moved, people with mobility issues being moved and stuff like that. Let's get on to that and hands of the rock, shall we? Okay. Good shout. We'll get on that in hands in the Craig, I mean, I, I was quite excited. It was quite nice to, you know, I, I think it's kind of something slightly nostalgic in you to see, you know, the Lions with two Scottish props. Yeah, That's... nothing like it. Uh, it, it makes it, 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 
was it warms your heart, doesn't it? Um, no, I, I, I th- but then I think um, uh, of I think Suz has got a good chance of being a test, um, being a test. Lou said, you know, um, because he is well known within uh, within. Uh, the rugby community is one of the best loose heads, loose, loose heads there is. You know, everybody from ourselves all the way through other pundits that are out there have have all said that um, Roy Sutherland is a is a very good uh, loose head. So I, I I was really really pleased to see him uh, named him. Xander was the one that I raised my brows because I I didn't I, I thought Furlon would be nailed on. Um, so uh, I was really pleased to see really pleased to see Xander um, being named. You know. I think it's interesting, isn't it, John? Because I mean, Kevin um, Miller's done a series of articles for us on the blog about you know which Scottish player realistically has a chance of making the test side, and and you know there's there's a lot of cause for optimism in those articles when he's analysed the numbers. I yes. think Rory Sutherland maybe surprised me with some of the numbers that Kevin was throwing around. I think the other thing that's interesting is you know, stats will only tell you so much because. You can only play what you're, how you're asked to play by your international and your club coach. Correct. And for the Lions, it's different. You're being asked, you'll be asked to do different things and play a different role. So, this is what for me this genuinely fascinates me. I think because we, we haven't been in this role, this position before as, as Scotland fans, where it feels genuinely like everybody, every Scottish player there, maybe with the exception of Duhan, although some people might disagree with that. Has a genuine chance, a genuine chance of being in the Test fifteen, yeah, yeah. and yeah. they will. They've got a chance to demonstrate that they can adapt to somebody else to 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 a different way of playing that isn't the Glasgow way, isn't the Edinburgh way, isn't the Gregor Townsend way. It's the Lions way, and if they're good players, they'll be able to adapt and play and do the role they're asked to do. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I can't believe I'm the guy that's going to be handed this role, but actually in previous podcasts, I, I assume it's probably fair enough. Warren Gatlin came out and said that it was really important for Scottish players to be given the opportunity to play in front of Scottish fans and highlighted that fact. That confirmed a lot of people's suspicions that this is just... The, 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 the test match in Scotland is just a, oh no, we've screwed you over for many years. We need you to be on board. And then the picket, to, to say that as a coach is utterly disgraceful. Like, I, I was really, like, I'm all on board with, I think the Scottish players that have been picked are there legitimately. And I think they do have a chance at test games. But to say that as a coach is utterly disgraceful. I disagree. I don't think he can have it always. We can't say that they've ignored Scotland and Scottish players and then got upset when they come to Scotland and then pick Scottish players and say, we're trying to do something nice for you because we're actually we, we quite like you to feel... I think I read it a different way. and I know we were kind of jaded with Warren Gatlin and the way he treats Scottish players. I read it oh. as... We, we want you to feel part of this and we acknowledge that you haven't felt part of it in the past and partly that's down to us. There's a better way to do that, though. There's a better way to do that. You don't placate supporters by saying, um, like, we're going to bring a test match to you and we're going to, like, we're going to pick your players for that test match because it's you guys. There's a better way to do that. And maybe it'll... Pl- 
you know what? Maybe it'll pan out through the tour, but it's just a really, really crap way to start the tour off. I I, I have to st- I have to stand up there and say no. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I, I, think, I don't mind if you stand up and say no. That's fine. I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I tend to be um, a ying for your yang anyway, John. But you do. Um, <laughs> but what, what I I actually think the pressure is on um, the Scottish players um, because the they're basically being said, right, on you go. There's your there's your position. We're giving you a starting chance. Go out and show us what you can do. And you're in Murrayfield and you're in front of Scottish fans. Now the big issue is going to be are they going to perform? Um because they're going to get they're going to get crowds. Some of them are going to be playing in front of crowds for the first time for a long time. Um and they have to perform. Um, if they don't perform, then you're going to see them, and the, you're not going to see them in a test team because there's there's plenty. Maybe I honestly still do believe that that Suss has got a good chance um, on a regular t- uh, t- test place, but um, you know you, we could see a few of our Scottish players disappear if they, or or disappear from view if they don't perform in this game, and they have you know. So it's it's going to be an interesting one. I think for me, and I think that's an interesting point, Craig. That there's a temptation to look at this and go, it's only Japan. But from a Scottish perspective, Japan are well. The, the beat us in the you know the, the group stages of the World Cup. We've started slowly against them in the past, but you can't do that as a line. You know the lines will be expected to absolutely you know run right against Japan, Ian. And I don't know if you know if it's maybe an opportunity for the the Scottish players and the Scottish lads to kind of show that they can show that ruthlessness that they've maybe lacked in the past. Um, yeah, I just think it's a you know a chance for them. You know, so I'm like actually one of the people I'd forgot. I would, I would have swapped Furlong for Fagerson as well. I think we all know that Tyke Furlong has got the number three um, jersey sort of nailed down. Um, but it's a chance for Fagerson uh, and Suz and even Duhan to prove that yes, we are worthy of a test squad. You know, if they can put on a performance, like you said, you know, the Lions should really be expected to give Japan a bit of a doing. Um, you know, if you look at the teams on paper. But it's, it's an opportunity, certainly, for the, those Scottish guys to, to say, I am good enough. Uh, you know, when Japan beat us, mm-hmm. we were in a different place, and now I'm a better player. And I've gone and scored a hat-trick against Japan. Pick me for the Lions, Cal. But is it, not an ex- is it not the opposite of that? Is it not an excuse to say that the Lions team should be absolutely doing this fringe t- uh, this Japan team? Should they, like... If a Scottish player doesn't perform in that team, they're gone. That's ridiculous. If an Irish player doesn't perform in this team, they're not gone. If a Welsh player doesn't perform in this team, they're not gone. It's complete and utter double standards. But I think they're coming from but those those well, yeah, those those players are coming from a different. Those players are starting from a different level than than our players. Are now, they though? Are they? Well, they like, well, some of them are not. I don't know. I, I kind of think if you've you, the. I think Scotland have, Scotland still haven't right. We said this in the last week. Last week, Scotland still haven't won anything. No, they haven't. No, absolutely, they haven't, and that's fine. But actually, if you look at on paper, if you look at the players that are involved, like if you're saying that Xander Fagerson is, if he has a bad game in Sun uh, on Saturday, he's done. Compared to the props he's up against, that's nonsense. I don't yeah, think hold, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying they're sorry, Cammy. No, um, you agree. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they're, they're done. I'm saying that they're not going to get a test place because you're not. You, what you have to remember is Xander Figgerson is up against two lions, tight heads. 
They've, yes. played, they've, they've both played Two. as Lions tight heads, and they are they both have, on yes. form. They're both on form. Now, don't get me wrong. Xander's on form, and I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm slowly. I have slowly come around to Xander as a tight head prop. I think he's he's developed incredibly well over the time that he's that he's played. But as I'm, as I said, the reason I'm talking about Suz so much is because he hasn't got the competition now. Now that we, they don't have Porter there, that could slip into the the loose head or the tight head. Cover, coverage, you know, you, he's only got one guy up against him, which is which is Win Jones, and there's a very very good chance that he could he could um, get a test place instead of him. But I think that I think Xander has got a lot of pressure on him, and I th- and yes, fair enough, um, he's got the opportunity to go out in front of the Scottish crowd and perform. And but I think it's I think he, it's a test. I think it's go on, let's see what you can do in front of you, in front of friends and family, in front of in front of everybody in Scotland. Um, because you've always been going on at us about we don't have and I don't choose enough Scottish people Scottish players in, in the Lions. So there's your players. They're on the pitch. Let's see them perform. Let let's see how this pans out during the tour then. Yeah. Yeah very much so. I don't think I mean I think and as well, you know, Finn, I know Finn Russell's just joined, but he's you know he joined at the same time as Owen Fowler. Norman Fowler was on the bench ahead of Finn Russell. I personally think that's because Finn Russell didn't turn up in his full stash and just turned up in his normal tracky bottoms <laughs> when he arrived in camp. It's a classic Finn thing. Everybody else is there with their full branded masks and tracksuit, and he's there in his black, black tracky up. bottoms and white trainers. When he turned up, he's like, right, where's the bar? <laughs> <laughs> how many beers? Gregor, Gregor, how many beers am I allowed on this tour? <laughs> da, da, can I have more beers? Da, da. These lions bag clanking with Buckfast in it. <laughs> no, but I mean it's an. Ex- I don't know. I feel I feel excited and energized about the lions. I think like you know this time last time round, John, you were on the podcast, you know, four year ago, and we were, you know, looking up alternative things to talk that you could do during the lions test, like take a cruise with we were, um, we were. You know, Michael Barrymore and you know John Virgo. It was we were, and uh, my concern is that this. This test, and it was always the concern when it was announced, and I know people say I'm a, a negative Nelly and all that jazz, and I don't really care. Like, it just seems like application tool. It seems like, a, right, we're going to give guys a start, and it seems it seemed like that when it was announced as well. You know, we're going to play all these Scots in this game, and you know what? You're probably not going to feature for the rest of the tour, or you might get a wee midweek game. You're dirt trackers. That's your that's your role. Do you know uh, what did it? Do you know what did it for me? And it was this morning when I was sat on the sofa with my daughter watching the football from last night. And I said to her, "She's you know she's, Christ, you know she's she's six. Yep. And I said, "Do you know this is the first time in twenty three years that Scotland have been in a tournament like this?" I said I was sixteen. You know, I was sixteen last time this happened. You know, this is it. This is, and she was like, "Wow." I was like, "We're really bad at football." Yeah, I, I you know Scotland. This doesn't happen. This is you know I was trying to kind of impress upon her. This is it, and you know she was up. She was disappointed that you know we'd lost three nils and when the goal went in, but three one, except when Scotland scored. But I said you know this doesn't happen, and but I was kind of starting to think, well, that's quite a special thing to share because if this doesn't happen for another twenty three years, I, she's going to remember sitting getting up this morning and watching the highlights with me. Yeah, and I'm sitting. I've planned to watch with our youngest. He's you know he's I think just by he's decided sister likes football, so I like rugby. So we booked Saturday afternoon. We're going to sit down and watch the Lions. And that's what struck me is I wasn't bothered about the Lions last time around. And, you know, I thought it was probably roughly the same age as, as my son is now. 
and I, I wasn't bothered about. It. I didn't bother putting on the telly. I watched the highlights sometimes. Like we we talked about anything but on the on the podcast it because did, yeah. what was the point? But this time, I kind of feel genuinely excited. And I think, well, God, this could be. It feels longer term. This feels like the start of something for Scotland. And if Scotland can carry on the performances, this is. It feels back to what the Lions used to mean to me when I was younger. I remember the '97 tour. That was kind of like peak me being interested in rugby as a youngster. How exciting it was to have Scottish players in with the Lions, and you think that's there's a generation of Scottish fans, and I suppose that's who Warren Gatland is speaking to, the young fans that didn't remember that it's been years since we've had you know the the, the bad years of Scottish rugby. They, they remember the good years of Scottish rugby, and all of a sudden we've got a reasonable amount of representation in a Lions squad and you feel part of it. And it's nice for them to come up to Murrayfield and bring it on the road to Scotland, I suppose. And, you know, our cynical old heads, John, I think we're you know, we, we we're right to feel aggrieved that we only got two two names last time round and, the, you know, a couple of the Geography 6. But, you know, I'm trying to... It's, it's, the, it's the geography 2021. I'm, I'm disgusted at it. I'm absolutely disgusted at it. Like... It's, it, and it was, you know, the 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 biggest problem I have with it is when the Japan fixture was announced, people went, "I bet he picks like six Scots for that fixture." <laughs> it's an absolute. It's so predictable, and like honestly, right, I, you know, I'm getting abuse for this online and stuff already, so it's fine. We'll look at this at the end of the tour. We'll see if any Scots actually get played. Can I just put one positive thing to you about it, John? Yes, go what, for you got, what you got to understand is, um, you know, I'm going to name drop here, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I do, I do apologise for it. Go but, for it. Yes. Um, I was, I was coached by Dave Rollo, um, who is a li- Scottish and Irish lion, um, and also an ex Scotland player in the sixties. Dave, um, I had that. That that person within the club, he is absolutely lauded in the club that we have, um, and he is a local community hero. What I love about this, no matter what anybody says, we now have these players who are going to wear the red jersey, and each of their clubs are going to have someone who's going to affect the kids who are coming through rugby, and they are going to be able to say, he's from my club, and he yeah. was a British and Irish lion, and I think I think we 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 get um lost sometimes in and and what's going on and and we because we talk about it so much because it now it's getting a lot the announcements are getting longer and longer and more drawn out and more drawn out um i'm just excited for the weekend and you're going to you, you know you're going to you've got some players there that are going to you know for example Suz is going to go is go back to his club and hike and say look uh you know, his his jersey's going to be on the wall and kids are going to be able to look up to him and say, he's my hero. And I think that uh, that that's a very, very big plus point. And that, that, that absolutely, you're that. absolutely right, Craig. You're absolutely right. And that's a very fair point. And I take that completely on board. The cynic in me uh, sees otherwise, but you know what? You're absolutely right. So these kids will see that. That's fine. Yeah. I think I would say something the Lions are really good at doing is that connection to the club. They've been doing a really good... Um, the um, Philly Boots Rugby, if you don't follow them on Twitter, um, they kind of connect to do a lot of chat about clubs and grassroots rugby around the UK. Um, they've been doing a series of Canterbury where they're talking to Lions clubs. You know, And I think that's something that the Lions are really good at staying connected to the clubs. There's a really nice video today that it's uh, Thank a Teacher Day. Right. Um, today in the UK, and the Lions have done a video where they've got the Lions to, to thank their teachers. Xander looked really sheepish, so I don't know what kind of 
Well, in fact, we know what shenanigans Xander got up to at school because it's in the Strathallan yearbook that he did a giant slip and slide. <laughs> um, but he looked very sheepish when he gave his thank you. But there was a nice moment. It was um, one of the coaches and Owen Farrell stood together, and they've both been at the, obviously not been at the school together at the same time. Both been at the same, you know, attended the same school in Wigan, and it's little stories like that, you know, like Suz and Hog, you know, going through school together. And now they're on alliance to it. It's those little stories, you're right, Craig, that kind of make it. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the thing that's for me because you know, as I say, just just in my background, I always looked up to Dave Roll, and I think I think there are these guys are going to they they deserve the amount of work they put in nowadays. Okay, fair enough. Now they get paid for it, but um, the to do their job. But it's a, the amount of work they put into this. They should be. Um, lauded and they should have their, their jerseys in their rugby club walls and, and really uh, it's a fantastic thing for them. Yeah. There's lots of other news that we could cover tonight. There's the, the women's sevens are off to uh, Moscow on a, a qualifying tour and you've got, we've got some players back from the Olympic qualifying team. Unfortunately um, there's a number of Scottish players that didn't make the cut for the Olympics but fortunately there are some that have made the cut for the Olympics which is good. We've got a reasonable amount of representation in, in the men's and the women's team um, given this particular women's team, I think for is it Hannah Smith's made the oh, I mm-hmm. the name. It's made the the GB women's team, which given the you know the state of Scottish women's sevens is is a heck of an achievement. I think it was a heck of an achievement for the number of women players that we got in the you know the trial squad anyway. Um, but the, the you know they're off to qu- try and qualify for the the Commonwealth Games now as well. Uh, there was the under twenties played against lost to Ireland. Uh, so the under twenties Six Nations is going on at the minute. So we could. We we could talk a lot about those things, but we you know we've, I'm, I'm conscious of time, so we're going to move on. We're going to do this now. Yes, it's hands in the ruck. It's uh, our any other business section of the podcast. Um, I haven't done a shout out to this on um, any of our social media channels. I normally do, but I forgot. I was busy today at work. I was training people all day, um, so I didn't have a chance to do it. Um, if you're watching live and you've got any hands in the ruck, feel free to throw it in the comments and we'll we'll, we'll happily discuss it. Um, who am I going to start with? John, I'll start with you because you're on mute and you've just taken a drink and I feel like I want to put you on, on the spot. Well, go on. What's your hands in the ruck? It's a rather fast drink, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I indicated slightly earlier that um might want to discuss lines ticking team. Um, people have got their knickers in a twist regarding their um, allocation to Lions tickets. Um, Ian will probably support me in this, and that a few people have posted on relatively popular uh, Facebook pages that... Um, they're, they're, they were upset that their Lions tickets had been changed. Um, uh, for me, it, it strikes me as absolute entitlement that people, yes, you've bought your tickets, but you've bought your tickets within unprecedented times. And you were always buying it in the assumption that, do you know what? You're lucky your tickets haven't completely cancelled. Based on the numbers, they probably should be. If you look at the COVID numbers from today for Edinburgh, your tickets probably should be cancelled completely, guys. So how about we step down from our high horse 
and we accept that you've been given tickets to go and see the Lions. That's great. You you'll have a great time. But moaning about it on social media is utter nonsense. And yeah. I think what bothered me about it. I mean, I think there's there's people people who've been moved um, for specific, you know, who who've got mobility issues and have chosen this tickets specifically, and they've been moved. That's that's fair shout. Yeah, by that's, all means, that's be, reasonable. Be, that's reasonable to be be upset by that. I think people that have been moved have paid top whack and been moved to different parts of the stadiums. I, I kind of take your point, John. Look, you, you you're one of the lucky ones. You get to see the Lions. I think the thing that also bothers me. I think it's a bit of look. I can understand if you haven't got your tickets, and all of a sudden you see tickets going out for competitions and tickets going to sponsors. I understand why that would be upsetting, but we have to appreciate that in every sporting event. Tickets go to sponsors. Tickets are released through competitions, and yes, you've lost out, but that that's always going to happen because ultimately the sponsors' money from the sponsors is what helps the sport carry on going. You know, the the money you've paid for your ticket is you know is a drop in the ocean to what the sponsors will pay in return for a couple of tickets. You can guarantee ninety nine percent of the people that are moaning about their tickets, your tickets are not the sponsors' tickets that are getting sold. I can guarantee you that, guys. Unless you have Murrayfield front and centre main stand tickets that are next to Warren Gatland, which they're not, because that's, that's Ian's tickets. That's, that's Ian's tickets in the the press box. Then. I can guarantee you it's not your tickets that are getting sold. So, guys, you just want to wind it in. It's fine. Like, yeah. The, the Via Google thing, I think, it's, it's you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, Craig. I think that it's disappointing, I think, that for yeah. those that have been lucky enough to get the tickets, that there are tickets appearing on reselling websites, given that, you know, some people got in the ballot, got the tickets, and some people didn't. Yeah, I... I, I... I was um, being a frustrated Scotland fan, um, uh, not being able to get tickets because of, of 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 a certain reason, and then going on to see what there is and looking at the prices that are on Viagogo and things like that. <laughs> it just it, it it just takes all the love for it, the SRU that I do have out of it. Sometimes I just feel it's just you know we have. We all of the rugby clubs get their allocations, and they get, and you you support your own rugby club by buying your tickets through that, or you buy online. Um, but these secondary vendors are just taking the soul out of the game and soul out of the fans, yeah. and money and out of fans' transport. It's not hard to it's not hard to stop it. Exactly, saying, no reselling. Yeah, that's it. You, can, you know, there's there's loads of ways that different competitions have done it over time, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, we've got one in off the. This is on Twitch. Maisie J says England fans' reactions to Saturday starting fifteen with her hands in the ruck. I think that's fair. I mean, the Guardian lost it, Ian, as always. I've not actually read it. Um, oh, I mean, it was just like well, well, it's the first time in seventy-three years that there isn't a. It's not, it made it sound like the bloody Ravens in the Tower of London. The first time in seventy-three <laughs> years there isn't an Englishman starting an Alliance fifteen. We demand a pound of flesh. Their pro season's still going. I know. Yep. You know, like Saracens have just you know, secured promotion, so they've probably been on the lash for three days. Well, especially if it's Alex Goods leading the charge, then they're probably still <laughs> on the lash right now. Um, and so obviously they they might not be 
up to their fitness might not be up to standards of test rugby if they've been playing second tier for a while and they'll be getting drilled in camp. Um, yeah, I don't. Well, typical Wayne and was it Kitson by any chance? It was Kitson, I. Yeah. Oh, what a surprise! They're just off a plane. They're, you know, for, there's no, there's no way that they're going to start having five days of. You know, this is you know. All of a sudden, they're into Jersey. This is their, this is your teammates. These are the people you're going to have to play with. There's no chance they're going to get straight onto the park. You know, here's a, here's a out book like this thick. Aye. Yeah, crazy. But but Owen Farrell, guys. But Owen Farrell has oh. been voted by play by the other, his fellow players. He got the most votes of all the players to join the leadership group. Yeah, you because those are the most English people in the squad. <laughs> I know, and also it's that there's most English people in the squad. And look, you know, I think as plenty of people have talked, you know, democracy doesn't work. You know, <laughs> more, most people voted for Owen Farrell. People also voted for Brexit. Yep. People <laughs> voted for Donald Trump. Absolutely. <laughs> democracy is broken. That's <laughs> what we've discovered. Um, Craig, I'll come to you. Watch your hands in the ruck. Uh, my hands in the ruck. Um, we'll move away from Scottish rugby for a little while, and is um, our um, Gallagher Premiership lauding the um, the Exeter Chiefs? They came back and they managed to win this because all their fans were doing a tomahawk chop. I'm sorry, they are a, they are an, um, a, they are a governing body of a championship, and they need to stop that. Now, because that's ridiculous. Yes. I'm sorry, it just wound my ticket. This is, you know, I I have enough trouble with BT letting them play. Uh, that you know, not cutting the 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 the, the um the tannoy in the in the um uh, in the stadium playing it as loud as they possibly can. That uh, this is wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong, apart from people in Exeter. It's time. And some people in Exeter say it's wrong as well. It's time to stop this, and they don't need backup from the Premiership. Craig, see, we could be on the same page, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I was waiting on I was waiting on Cammy playing the woke klaxon as well. But no, no, it's fine. The woke klaxon is not applicable. Hands in the ruck. The woke klaxon is is Ah, It's it's only if during general chat we get the woke klaxon. Not during. Hands in the ruck. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. No, I agree, Craig. I think that's zillion percent, Craig. It's a bit like you know. It's I think you're right. The Exeter, to a certain extent, it's their club, and we, uh, you know, you've got the Exeter Chiefs for change doing sterling work in talking about First Nations peoples and the, you know, the impact that all this has on them and raising that while still supporting Exeter as a team. But as a governing body, you need to do better and you need to recognize that, you know, the tomahawk chop is not an appropriate thing. And I, I would say, you know, I think we can all talk about this. We probably all have been in positions where we've done stuff in the past and we've sung stuff in stadiums that we know now is completely unacceptable. I've been in sport. I mean, you know, I've I've been in Hamden with everybody singing the Jimmy Hill song, you know, years ago and, and laughing about it. I know now that's not, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't sing that song now because I know it's not acceptable because it's homophobic, but, and that and that and it wasn't right at the time either. But so just because you've always done it doesn't mean you should continue to do it. 
you know, and I think that's you've just got it's been dragged something that should be so simple has been dragged into this idea that's a culture war. So now all you have is people that believe they're right arguing about people arguing against people who have a valid point. It's just it's it's amazing. I just uh, you know Rob Baxter a couple of weeks ago called for the the referees association to have empathy to, to players because of you know the the Sam Skinner and 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 Dave Ewers getting uh, um, getting cited etc. And you need they need people need to have empathy for these players. What about having empathy for other people? And and I think it just it's getting ridiculous. But it just what. And it's bubbled away and bubbled away, and you've talked about it quite a lot. I just felt the minute the Premiership started tweeting about it, it is wrong because they're basically backing it up, and I don't like it. What I'd like to know is, and it's something that you go a few months ago when we were looking at, we're talking about the kind of you know the SRU constitution and all of that kind of stuff when we were talking about all the different votes that go on at club level, and you look at there's a document that talks about the. Um, it's the criteria the SRU have for membership as a club. And that's all around that the name has to be acceptable and the branding has to be acceptable and it cannot be offensive. Mm. So the Gallagher Premiership, I, you know, either they have that criteria and they're not applying it. And even if it's that, well, we thought it was okay when the first, you know, when the Exeter Chiefs decided to call themselves that in the late nineties, because this is this isn't a historic name that's branded in this, you know, it's the yeah, it's they're, they're 90s, not an old club. This is no, not an old thing. It's nineties, two thousands. So either they've they've got it and they've not recognised that it's shifted, or they haven't got that criteria at all. In which case. That's open to all sorts of abuse for anybody for, you know in English rugby. For I'm going to form a new club and I'm going to call it something incredibly offensive and incredibly offensive logo, and you have to admit me because I fulfil all your other criteria. Cami, I think you should do that. Let's I, not. I, I don't. I, I will, be I careful will, how this discussion goes, though, John. I will, I, will, I will be your starting ten for whatever club you come up with, <laughs> just as a protest team. Yep. There are there are teams in America that have hundreds of thousands of fans across America who have cut this out. Yes, and they have, yes, there and, is. and they have spent the money. They've changed it. They've changed their branding. The thing is, you can still call them the Exeter Chiefs. They just have to have you know. They have to be. They have to knock. Knock it, knock it off, and just—it's so frustrating. I get, and, and I get tongue-tied a lot. You know, we we talked about this before. You know, you, there's 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 a, a a strong history in Cornwall and Devon of of chiefs and yeah. Cornish chiefs and Celtic chiefs down there, and it'd be so easy to change it. You could do the, you know, I don't know, you could change it's the Tomahawk chop to something else. It's not hard. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, it's just ridiculous. No. I Ian. heard it. I heard it on the. I heard it on the television the other day as well. And it always really like. I really listen to it because I really watch Exeter games because I find their branding so offensive. And despite the fact there's a Scottish contingent down there and they're the best team in England, I find it hard to watch them. Uh, and I ended up putting the game on the other day, and I heard the tomahawk chop, and I turned it off completely, and I just went. Off you go. No, I'm going to go and do something else. Disgraceful. Yeah. yeah. There was so there was some good. So I actually heard a lot of you know chiefs, chiefs, chiefs chant, and I thought, brilliant. They're starting. They're, they're, this is you know they're starting to change it. They're starting to change it, and then out, out it came, and I thought, 
yeah, okay. I was, I was, you know, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Ian, your hands in the ruck. Um, I so earlier on when you were talking about your kids uh, and how uh, your your son's starting to like rugby because his sister likes football. I don't suppose <laughs> any of you saw the rugby champs T-shirts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So for those of you who haven't, um, whether well, it was a T-shirt with the sort of you know the the generally recognised uh, symbols for male and female toilets. Um, or even just male and female, anything, changing rooms, whatever. Um, and then underneath the female one, it said rugby. Oh, sorry, football. Underneath the, the men's one, it said rugby. So here we go. Here's a nice wee bit of uh, misogyny and the same old crap about how footballs are all girly girls. And even then, what's wrong with being a girl? <laughs> There's yeah. many women playing rugby, I think you'll, you've maybe noticed. Um, yep. Yeah. And so as, yeah, we, as we've like, talked about, every single woman playing rugby in Scotland at club level and above would would give every single one of us on this podcast and every and, and a lot of men in Scotland an absolute doing. <laughs> yes, one hundred. You'd have to catch me first, all right? <laughs> me, me, Ian, and they would, Ian, and that's who that's the issue. Men's me. I've got a car. It's fine. <laughs> seriously, I've I've heard I've I've held rock shields. Um, and I've been, uh, you know, I've been hit by many um, a how Harlequin, and oh my God, those girls can play, you know. So no, absolutely, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's just it's the same old crap, isn't it? The footballs, you know, the, this. But then, you know, it's been it's actually kind of I kind of lost touch of football for a while. So it'd be nice to kind of reconnect a little bit with the Scottish team, and you know, it is. They, they are going in hard. They are these are all hard guys mentally and physically, and I don't know where this idea comes from. It's the if any, it's the kind of fetishization of these big hits in rugby. Yeah, yeah. And I think if that's if that's why you're watching rugby, you're watching the wrong wrong sport. Go and watch you know go and watch UFC. I think that's a really interesting like contrast here. So I, I I've played I played rugby with men. And played rugby with women. I played football with men. I played football with women. And I've never like if you ask me to name some of the hardest players that I've played with, there is always a combination of women and men. Because do you know what? It's not about your sex or your gender or anything like that. It's about how you approach the sport, what your mentality to the sport Absolutely, is. Yeah. Totally we've always that. we've always come across um, and you know what? I think I think a lot of men, it's a surprise thing. I think people who are not exposed to these sports, they see the women's sport and they go, "Oh my god, that's quite that's quite that's quite hard, isn't it? Oh, oh what the oh my goodness, they're all about that." When actually, it's like this is what the sport looks like. Like if you look at the, look at women's rugby and then you look at men's rugby, they're very similar sports. Because it's just people absolutely mullering each other all over the place. It doesn't matter what gender you are. And it, it just it, it upsets me. And I always remember playing... So, uh, slight, you might want to throw woke clacks in here, Cam, but it's fine. Um, I remember playing five-a-sides, and we were quite short of players. And I had a, a, a girl that I worked with that I'd spoken to for years and years and years. She played... She she played professionally uh, football, and I said to her, Frankie, do you want to come along? Can you invite a couple of players along? We're quite short. And they got there, and they were like, well, we've got enough to play as VU. 
And the women's team absolutely and utterly destroyed the guys who'd been playing five-a-sides for years and years and years. Of course they did. They were playing at, like, professional level. They were they were just shy of Glasgow City. Like, some of them played for Glasgow City, I believe. So they were playing at such a high level. They, they, were, ab- playing, they were playing 4D chess and you guys were playing snakes and ladders. I mean, we were, uh, basically, yeah. I mean, we were just running around hitting things, and these guys were absolutely destroying us. And do you know what? It was so refreshing for me as a player. I was watching it just going, like, I knew it was going to happen because I knew the level these guys were playing at. And watching it transpire, I was just like, this is this is great. This is, like, these guys are going to go away, and hopefully every one of them will think about, like, women's sport. It's not women's sport. It's our sport played by different people. That's all it is. Speaking of which, my hands in the rock is Dan Leo, um, who is getting his, thrown his tuppence in about Laurel Hubbard, um, the, um, the New Zealand weightlifter who's been selected as third choice. And third choice, I would stress, is third choice for, for New Zealand female weightlifting. Um, who uh, Laurel Hubbard, for people who don't know, is a trans woman yes correct and um is has competed for a number of years i think she transitioned when she was in her 30s she was previously a male weightlifter and she's transitioned to um and she's now female and play and she is um has been in competitions now she's the interesting thing about laurel hubbard is she she's one of the examples that's held up by people who are anti-trans women um playing women's sport and I'm, I'm careful how I word this because trans women are women but it's this is this is the debate that goes on within sport <clears throat> that they um uh, she's held up as an example of here's he, here's somebody who's trying to game the system almost or here here's an example of why this is dangerous to women's sport and what's been really interesting i think this week is the New Zealand government I mean Jacinda Ahern has come out and in support of Laurel Hubbard and said, we wish her all the best. She's passed all the things that she needs to pass from the Olympics point of view to compete for, uh, for, for, the, for, for New Zealand at the Olympics. Her Australian counterpart, the person she's going to be competing against said, I can't wait to be up against her. Exactly. There's a lot of people saying, well, you know, a, a, a woman of color in New Zealand has lost out to her. Nobody's spoken to this. You know, we've not had it from that one. That one might be like, well, fair enough. You know, she was she was better than me, and it was a fair competition. And I think this, I think it, it, it it's. I appreciate it's a sensitive issue, and you know, Ross Tucker on Twitter will throw his tuppence in as a scientist and start talking about <laughs> biological differences between men and women. And I, I just think if we're talking about sport, sport as being sport for all, then. You, you have to accept people as they come. And if, if if someone has done everything that they need to do under the rules of a sport to be able to compete in that sport at any level, and, and you know whether it's male, female, whatever, if you've complied with the rules, then and you disagree with the rules, then then you know it's hate the game, not the player. Do you know what I mean? If you've got an issue with the rules, then by all means have have a look at the rules and, and what you might disagree with it. But the fact that Dan Leo and others have picked out this individual, and this applies in rugby as well. And but like you were saying, John, it's this it kind of presents this idea of these poor defenseless women, who's going to save them from these trans women that are coming in to, to usurp them and take over their place. That's that's not what it's about. You know, women are perfectly capable of 
you know, playing, like you said, in the five-a-side, man, you absolutely overrun by a team of They're women. absolutely more than capable. So a very interesting comparison, right? You're talking about, like, rules and regulations and being part of a system. Let's just look at, right, let's concentrate on, the, we concentrate a lot on the men's game for a second, but let's just look at someone like Jack Noel who has openly stated he will not abide by COVID regulations. Let's just look at guys like him. Does he deserve to be told, you know what, you can't play the game you love anymore because, do you know what, you're an arsehole. Apologies, <laughs> apologies for the swearing word. But, you know, you're, it's the case that guys like him, like female rugby players who are transitioning, trans rugby players who are transitioning... They, they are, they're doing their absolute damnedest to abide by all the absolute nonsense regulations that are put in their place. And guys like him are just standing there going, I'm, do you know what, I'm white and I've got like good hair, so... You know, I'm going to get a vaccination, but then you've got, someone, gonna going through health for tw- then you've got someone going through health for 12 months to get their testosterone levels down it's to an acceptable level to be able to play rugby. Utterly devastating, isn't it? It's yeah. so and annoying. Not, not only that, is they, they, they then have to you know they're training. They've not only have they trained and they've eaten well and they've done all the things they need to be to be an athlete. Now they've got to go through all these different checks and all these different th- you know that are that that are frankly quite you know aren't very nice to have to do. Absolutely. Um, and then they're being told, oh, by the way, you, you shouldn't be doing this. I think it's absolutely it's, it's a joke. Yeah, absolute joke. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Maybe we should all tell Jack no, he shouldn't be doing this. Well, somebody should. I mean, that's probably my other hands in the rock. I think. That, I think for, from from a point of view of, I think it'd be interesting from an insurance point of view. I mean, I think he he came out afterwards and started talking about is is Jack Noel's diabetic? Was it? Henry Slade was talking about saying yeah, he's, yeah. he's diabetic, so he's got issues. He's had rea- what he said in the interview was different to what he said afterwards. What he said in the interview was, "I don't, I don't trust the vaccines." What he said afterwards was, I've had reactions to vaccines before from a medical point of view, and that's what I meant. That wasn't what he said in the interview. But anyway, it wasn't, no. I think from, from a, you know, everybody's body is their own body. And I think if you're not putting a, you know, if you're not going to get vaccinated, then I think you've, unless you've got a particular risk to being vaccinated, then you're an arsehole, as John said, because you're putting others at risk. But yep. every you know, no, I don't think I, I don't think you can start talking about forcibly doing it to people. Nope. I think from a sport point of view, is it's different because then there's a consent issue. So, do you want to go into a game against somebody that's not voluntary? I don't. I think that you know having the COVID vaccine is going to put um, going to put five G chips in my arm, so I'm not getting it done. And you're playing <laughs> in a team against somebody who can't have through, who can't through a medical reason. And there are people like this can't for a medical reason have the vaccine. Or there's a coach who can't have the vaccine because the, the 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 you know there's lots of people who can't have vaccines for medical reasons. You're, they're putting him at risk. And there's also, from an insurer's point of view, are you going to is an insurer going to insure a team where where players voluntarily said I'm not going to get the vaccine because Correct. then games are going to get cancelled. Correct, and that should even be extended. If- that should be extended to the 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 trans issue it is not a different thing it is all about the same thing it is about ensuring people to play the game and we're talking about people um 
you know, you're talking about people playing the game alongside their peers, and as you say, they've rightly jumped jumped through a gazillion hoops to get into that situation where the single player that they're lining up against, you've all been in the position, Ian, you less so, mate, um, where <laughs> you're defending against someone and you're pointing in their direction, you're looking at them and you are their defender. They are there to be your your person. It doesn't matter. Like The insurance, if, 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 if they can't hit those milestones, then... It shouldn't be there. Yeah, and I think oh. I think this we've talked about this before. Is that it kind of it, I think one there's kind of a body shaming issue that, that women can't be big. I think that's one of the kind of things that comes out of this whole debate. And also we've talked about the men's game. You've got Darcy and Duhan. We've talked about this before as a comparison. Both wingers, absolutely different from a physical point of view. And you look at some of the hits that Darcy Graham puts in. I don't. Rugby is a game for people of all shapes and sizes. And even in the amateur game, Chris, I remember playing when I was. Oh, 15 and going down to Gosforth with Berwick. And you played up against a lad with a full beard who like had absolutely gigantic thighs and Christ, I hadn't even hit puberty at that time, barely. Do you know what I mean? And you get absolutely steamrolled by these guys. Yep. And oh, is it is it is it unsafe? No more unsafe than rugby is generally, to be honest, for as a sport. Because everybody's yeah, a different size in the shape. Well, you just um, need to ask Johnny McGinty about going into training when I'm, I'm at training. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, and and, and he's, he's got to try and put a tackle into me. Now, he's twa player eek, and I'm, uh, I'm, let's just say, obese is being kind. So, you know, yeah. I'm a big lad. So, he's, he, you know, these these things, it's a, it's a nonsense to bring out these... these um, uh, these laws um, for trans transgender players within, especially the RFU's rules, you know, it's an absolute nonsense. Um, there's no, ch- you know, there, there, you know. I just think of all the lads that have to tackle the big boys in training, and they're not. There's nobody coming out and going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, you can't do that," you know. So I think it's an absolute nonsense. Yeah. On that note, then, Friday. He's Dodmaster. Dod, John's still ranting away. He's put himself on mute, but he's still ranting away. That's fine. We'll leave him to it. Um, Friday, <laughs> Friday is Dodmaster. Don't forget it. 8.30 on all our channels, so YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. It'll be live from 8.30. You'll be able to watch it back later. Please donate. So it's um, if, you, so if you Google Dodmaster, it's one of the top things that comes up. So please get donating and help us raise lots of money for My Name's Doddy. Uh, we'll do something similar next year, no doubt, for that. Um, for the moment, though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from John, Ian, and Craig. Goodbye, all. Hey, troops. <laughs>